Hello and welcome to the Global Skiing Podcast. Today I'm talking with uh, a good friend of mine, Paul Renz, and uh, we're going to discuss some uh, topics today such as short turns, technical skiing, and his idea of, I guess, good skiing overall. And um, Paul is a pretty highly credentialed skier, and uh, I guess some of um, his accolades include uh, two-time member of the Australian demo team, uh, part of the technical committee for the Australian Professional Snow Sports Instructors Association. Uh, he's run several ski schools. Um, I'm actually talking to him today from his ski school in Japan, Nisiko. Um, and he's also uh, a level four trainer for the Australian Professional Snow Sports Instructors. So welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for having me, Tom. Um, anything else I've <laughs> missed out there? Any other things you... No, think that, went... that made me sound really good. Yeah, keep going like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, good. So, could you just give us, um, for those of you who don't know, like a, just a bit of a background of where you started with ski instructing, how you got into it, and um, to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Well, I grew, grew up in Queensland. Uh, my parents took me skiing when I was uh, a younger kid. I was three years old when we went to New Zealand for the first time, and I fell in love with it there and then. So. Um, I grew up and we didn't get to ski that much. I got, you know, went skiing on the family trip sort of once every couple of years, but I really had a passion for skiing. I absolutely loved it and I kind of hung out all year long to go on the ski trip, which was five days of skiing after being in a car for, you know, two two days of traveling down from Queensland. So I just, just loved it. So the first opportunity, um, I, I went down to Threadbow and did the the hiring clinic um, to become a ski instructor. And it was more just to get the training and to get a bit of an insight into into ski instructing and I just, you know, furthered my passion for the sport and uh, they, they offered me a job and kind of never looked back. So I'm now 13 years in, um, worked in, in Threadbow uh, for most of those seasons. I've done a season now in Mount Hotham as well in Australia. Um, also taught in Beaver Creek, uh, Whistler, uh, St. Johan in Austria uh, and then now in Japan. And it's uh, it's just one of the best lifestyles and, and sports to be involved with. So I'm still loving it and uh, can't wait to, to keep going. Excellent. And so, um, as part of the second time on the demo team, um, how are you sort of preparing and looking forward to Interski? And for those, I guess, who don't know what Interski is, Interski is an uh, international congress where teams from um, snow sports instruction across the world come together every four years and share ideas on technical um, elements, teaching. Um, trends in the industry, all sorts of things. So uh, that's currently um, in just happening in the future in uh, sorry September this year in Argentina. So yeah, how are you sort of preparing and what are you hoping to get out of that experience this year? Um, well, I've been trying to obviously get out skiing as much as possible, but um, you know I think Indusky is an interesting congress. I think it's uh, you know from speaking to guys that have been many times, I think you get a a different uh, feel and, and you go for different reasons each time. I think last time I went, it was quite an overwhelming experience, just, uh, you know, the hype of interski and skiing with the best technical skiers and coaches and, and instructors in the world is, uh, like I said, a little bit overwhelming. So I think you're just going there and taking it all in, um, you know, and, and, and finding out what's what and, and, and kind of seeing what the purposes are. Um, and it's a lot of information to, to take on. So I think this this year, um, you know, I de- definitely want to go. 
and and show a little bit more of what you know the the Aussies can do. Um, you know, I've been training with with yourself, Tom, and then and Riley and the, the other guys on the team as well. And um, we've put a lot of time into our own skiing to, to kind of show what, what what we can do. So um, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to, to go over there and, and you know try to to show Australia's best skiing. I've also been talking to some of the the guys on the other demo teams that are um, you know pushing the sport as well. Um, and it's you know it's interesting to, to have a chat with them on, on Facebook and Skype and this sort of thing. But um, to have all of those skis in the one resort to um, you know to really chat and communicate about um, skiing and, and where it's going, I think is uh, mm. something I'm really looking forward to. So it's going to be great. So sort of on that topic, what do you see? What do you um, yourself see as the like the really important elements or things that make up good skiing? in your mind and when you watch someone come down like what what do you what do you think what do you classify good skiing as yeah well i think it's um you know it's it, that's a really interesting question because it's a really broad question um you know and it depends at the end of the day what your objectives are in skiing and uh and i think for <clears throat> for most turns or well, for all turns that you're you're doing in skiing i think you can have um three objectives uh, and, and I think the, the first one is, is speed down the hill. So, you know, so from getting from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill, uh, as fast as possible. So mm-hmm. that, that I guess is one of, if, if that's your objective, that's one. Um, the other one is the amount of deflection of your center of mass across the hill. Uh, you know, so whether you're going straight down the hill or the center of mass is being pushed from side to side, I think that's a, another objective. And then the last objective is, is like, is rhythm, you know, so how quickly, uh, or how quick the, the the rhythm of your turns are, and that can be said for you know short turns or long turns or you know bumps or any any style of turn I guess. Um, and the interesting thing about that is I think that uh, they don't necessarily all go hand in hand, you know. Yep. Um, so for example, um, speed down the hill and rhythm uh, of turns go quite well together, um, but the faster the rhythm and the faster down the hill, um, the less deflection there is. Yeah. You know? And um, you know, so the more deflection there is, then obviously the others have to comp- there has to be a compromise somewhere. So, um, and then you know, to, to achieve those goals, I think uh, you know, uh, trying to tap into a bit more of the forces that are involved in skiing. You know, so um, you know, particularly when I was going through my uh, education as a ski instructor and um, you, know, you know, training, uh, I was using a lot of muscular effort to try to make these things happen. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I guess looking more into the external forces that are involved in skiing, you know, so setting the mm-hmm. ski up uh, so that it can be pushed against by, by, you know, the forces that are created through a turn uh, to achieve that deflection or to achieve that rhythm so there's less muscular effort involved, you know, and I think um, when you really watch a good skier, it doesn't look like they're doing much because at the end of the day, I don't think they really are doing a whole lot, but they understand very well how to align their body against the forces that are acting on them so that they can be at work and the skier, uh, you know, is more just aligning himself against it and not, not, yeah. you know, not putting too much effort in. That's a, that's a, a, a really good point. And um, I'm going to stop you there and ask you, so was there a point you said you used to feel as though you ski with a lot more muscular effort? Do you remember what sort of training you did or if there was a moment or when something clicked was it what someone said when you sort of started realizing it was more about sort of manipulating the forces than using pure grunt force in yourself in um, body? I, I guess i guess yes and no like uh i think i've I always had uh i always felt that i was quite strong and 
you know, I felt confident uh, in in the coordination or the control of my legs. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how how else to say that, but um, so I was very, uh, you know, if something didn't happen, I would make it happen. Uh, you know, and and I think that when I started to work more towards those three objectives that I mentioned before, um, first of all, going more with the speed, I found that it got to a point where um, the the movements and strength that I had were insignificant in relation to the amount of force and pressure that can act on the ski. Uh, when I say force or pressure, the external force, that the you know the centripetal force that can push against your ski, my movements were insignificant to the amount of pressure that can build up. And I found mm-hmm. that if I if I tried to work too hard to use my muscles or to to turn the ski or to edge the ski and force it to come around. Um, I might. I was putting myself in a position that wasn't as well aligned against that force. Um, so yep. the the amount of, um, you know, I guess the the amount of uh, energy that could be created was far less. Um, and I found that, uh, you know, if I was particularly when I was going at those speeds, if if a significant force did did build up to to work against uh, on my ski, I wasn't in a position to deal with it. Um, so I had to start. Yep. Thinking more about how you know, and, and my I, my brain works in a, from a you know very much a you know I think about things the, the I guess the physical theory rather than yep. you know um, uh, yeah so I guess just trying to think about how at that speed I could have I could stay in balance without um, yep. you know getting shot shot into the back seat or landing on my back or crashing into a tree really so I found yep. that I, to have any result um, and you know to stay in balance with that sort of force at that at that sort of speed um, I had to do less and think more about my alignment against it um, so I guess yep. that was the big thing that changed and when I found that you know finding the right alignment against whatever force was pushing my skis um, when I found that position, that created much more of a deflection or a much quicker rhythm to push my skis back underneath me um, than anything that I could ever mm-hmm. do. I thought that was very cool. Um, so I guess the the um, how, how do I say it? I guess the road to progress my skiing is now trying to tap into more of that external external force um, through alignment. Um, you know, and I don't mean alignment of you know my boot alignment and my leg alignment. That's yep. what I'm talking about. More alignment of my center of mass or center of gravity center of against uh you know against my base of support and where where the pressure is coming from you know so, yep yep. yeah because i remember uh a day out skiing with you talking about this idea of sort of imaginary trampolines facing mm. sort of in from the sides of the hill situated all the way down the hill all the way down the the fall line and right. imagining you're sort of bouncing from that's is that the kind of the same yeah, sort of exactly so the, i think the you know i mean when you when you go through your levels you talk a lot about the different skills involved in skiing and how you turn the ski and how you edge the ski and all this sort of stuff and, and that's all great and that's definitely a way to um to to train the body to move uh in a way that these things uh can start to work um but i think at the end of the day really high in skiing is how how well you you can set the ski up uh, on its edge so that something can push against the, the edge or against the base of the ski um, mm-hmm. So you know when you when you do put the ski on the edge, it, it, we all know that it bends, and um, you know you can start to uh, use that the ski bending a little bit like a you know I guess a, an analogy would be that trampoline that you used. Um, yep. So if you think about somebody landing on a trampoline and the the mat of the trampoline bending and then shooting you back up into the sky, um, you know the the ski not exactly the same way but can work or give a similar feel. Uh, or energy as you go through the turn putting it on the edge um, you, you know you can allow the ski to bend and release to give you that same sort of kick across the hill um, you know yep. if you start thinking about 
this uh, this sort of idea, I guess the the thought becomes less about the ski turning across the hill, um, in the sense of twisting the ski across the hill, or or you know letting the the edge guide the ski across the hill, and more about this idea of um, the ski bending and releasing to push you either the center of mass or your legs back underneath you, but either way across the hill. Um, so yep. less uh, less uh, like I said, force uh, you know strength in turning the ski, and more that this this pressure is shooting across the hill, kind of like you know, trampolines that are set up, you know, on a 45 degree angle. If you were to run and jump on this trampoline uh, yep. and get pushed back across across the room, uh, I guess yep. the same idea when you're skiing down a hill. So, um, yep. and, and like I said, I guess there's less thought about turning the ski across the hill. Uh, if you can get those forces to push you across the hill without so much turning effort, I think um, it's a lot more efficient. So, um, yeah, you know, I've been playing definitely. around with that a little bit more, and it puts a whole different spin on on you know a turn or skiing as well because um, you know, while this doesn't happen exactly as I'm saying it, um, you know, I guess a, a feeling or a, or a bit of a mindset would be that the skis are basically traveling straight down the hill the whole time and you're really uh, bending and, and, you know, releasing the ski on one side of your body. And, you know, yep. again, this is not what's happening, but maybe more of a yep. mindset or a thought that the skis yep. are then uh, being pushed underneath you while still pointing down the hill until they're on the edge out the other side of you, bending and releasing and pushing them back underneath you again. So it almost feels, yep. it puts a whole spin on the, the idea of a turn being from the skis pointing across the hill in one direction, making a C and pointing the other direction. It's more thinking now that the skis are pointing down the hill and they're being pushed from one fall line to another fall line, if that makes sense. Yep. So I guess that ties in um, with this sort of the, one of those three things you talked about, speed down the hill. Right. Um, and you, I guess you have to be pretty comfortable with, getting your mind around that sort of like training or skiing with that intention in mind really mm, yeah exactly like um yeah skiing fast down the hill so i know that's something you played with um and, and are still playing with but uh can you give us some ideas training ideas things you used to do to get comfortable with that and how you kind of explain to some people this idea of speed and that perhaps it isn't so scary yeah, well, that's an interesting, um, you know, thing that I've been playing around with, and we've, we've talked about this a lot. And it's, um, you know, it's a bit of a crazy thought too, because I don't, you know, I don't want people to listen to this and then say, "Oh, Paulie's saying to go and go crazy straight down the hill and all this sort of stuff." But I guess the the thing that I've been thinking about a little bit is that, uh, you know, um, I think most of us or most people in the, you know, that are confident skiers or advanced skiers would feel. Um, pretty comfortable going straight down most groomed runs, you know, particularly green and blue runs. Um, yep. And uh, so what I mean by straight is, you know, you're not putting the skis on the edge, you're not turning them, you're just going straight, um, you know. And, and when you do that, you, you don't, you know, the, the scary thing I think at first for most beginners um, is that you feel like you're constantly accelerating, which which isn't actually true. You know, you, you'll accelerate to a certain speed and once you reach that speed, um, you know, I guess the maximum speed of that slope or the, you know, terminal velocity on that slope, um, you don't then keep accelerating, you know, and, and I guess the, the thought is that once you get to that speed, um, if you're comfortable at that speed, um, that's as fast as you can go down that slope, you know. So mm-hmm. I was playing around with, um, you know, trying to get to, to that sort of speed uh, and then, you know, at that, at that speed then starting to introduce a little bit of, um, you know, more edging, not so much turning the ski, but, you know, uh, I guess you could think about it a little bit like an edge roll. Um, you know, and then yep. allowing the, um, you know, the skis to increase edge and the pressure to push them across and further away from you out to the other side uh, into more of a, of a turn. 
Um, and, and now the interesting thing is at that speed, the pressure builds up very quickly. Um, you mm -hmm. know, and, and if you if you can think about or imagine a turn, uh, you know, back to the traditional idea of a turn being a C shape. Um, you know, most of the the pressure that pushes on the ski pushes on it perpendicular to the to that C. So if you can think about a C. Um, with something pushing on it perpendicular to, to each part of that C, you can, yep. you can imagine that from the fall line onwards, um, there's quite a lot of pressure that's actually pushing you back up the hill uh, or against that direction of travel, which is for yep. you down the hill. Um, yep. You know, so uh, that that's the the really scary part. You know, that's the part that uh, causes a lot of issues. Um, you know, particularly if you're going fast. So, I guess yep. uh, the idea of going straight and adding a bit of this edge roll idea or l allowing the the ski to be more uh, edged than turned, and the, mm -hmm. the, the the force that's builds up, um, you know, pushing the ski across, and then uh, and then playing around with the timing of it. So you know, enough force can be built up uh, through the top and uh, you know top part of the the turn and the fall line to create the energy to push the ski and you across the hill. Um, but then you know the timing of when to start to release that edge or, or flatten the ski a little bit, uh, so that you don't know, build up too much pressure after the fall line, which is against the way you're traveling and. You know, if you start to get into that area of the turn where there's still pressure building up and you don't come off the edge, that's where things start to go wrong. You know, so playing around with that sort of timing idea. Um, but, yep. you know, the other thing is at that speed, obviously, the the, the, the pressure builds up very quickly, uh, as I said. So, um, you know, just playing around with how much edge you can really manage uh, um, at that speed as well. And I think, again, take, taking back to the idea that, um, you know, we're all comfortable to go straight down the hill. Uh, you know, if you start to get into a position where the you know the pre the pressure is too much to cope with or you can't deal with it or you feel like you're getting uh you know spat out of the turn for use of a better word um if you think that going straight is you is you're comfortable with well that that might be a safety you know but most people do the opposite most people will do a ski down the hill and when they feel like they're getting out of control they'll turn the ski across the hill and try to wash off speed which is like i said the bottom half of that turn where most of the pressure builds up and works contradictory to the way you're going and actually puts you mm -hmm. in a worse position, uh, uh, you know. So I guess the idea is that when the, you know, when you start to get into that that feeling of not being able to deal with it or not being able to cope, rather than allowing the legs to get so far away and edge angle to increase, get the legs back underneath you and start taking it straighter again. You know, you're already yep. at the, the maximum <laughs> speed on that slope, so you're not going to increase speed that much, you know. But yep. you'll decrease the pressure because your skis won't be as far away on as much edge. So yep. I don't know. I don't know if I explained that as well as uh, as I could have, but that's kind of no, a, no, no. an insight into to what i mean yeah you know definitely definitely and then i, guess I mean once, i think once it's you're... sorry go ahead i was just going to say just um i think it's just a really interesting approach to training that you have it's something um i've noticed skiing with you a lot you um say take a concept and you really take it to the extreme so you i guess have a really good understanding of the edges of your capability so you know i know in moguls um, you know, the same idea, straight lining through a zipper line set of moguls, knowing that there is going to be a certain point, um, you're just going to reach your top speed and you're not actually going to go faster from there. So as long as your brain realizes that you, you know, you're not going to die at this point, then you can actually, <laughs> I guess, man yeah. manage, manage these kind of what would be felt as out of control situations, maybe a little bit more comfortably yeah. or... Um, yeah, I think I think yeah. that's it. I think the, the the key I think in skiing is to um, not be afraid of of the speed, um, you know, and that that's an easy thing to say, but to you know feel feel comfortable to do that is is another thing. Mm -hmm. So I guess you know going out and training this sort of this sort of idea or concept, but also having 
you know, it's one thing to have faith that the that you're going to get to that top speed and stay at that top speed, but it's another thing when, you know, you're going down a, a quite a steep run and and you feel like you're accelerating, accelerating, and accelerating. This is never going to stop. Um, you know, I guess the more you put yourself in a position or a situation like that, I guess the more you, you do actually believe that you, you know you're not going to end up accelerating in, to your death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so now I don't know which way round to ask this question. I've got two questions for you. One is to do with um, you competing in the Japanese technical competitions just recently and what you got out of that. So just talking about that. And then the second one is what you're currently working on in your skiing. I don't know. I'm not sure which way round it would be better to explain it, whether the technical comps have changed maybe something in the way that you're looking at skiing or whether you would want to talk about that first. Yeah. I'll well, leave it to you. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's an interesting question too because it's, uh, um, yeah, it, uh, it's interesting because the, the, the Japanese technical comps, um, you know, I, I kind of went in these competitions. I went in this competition and I've been training a lot with the Japanese guys here because, uh, you know, I did want to try to have, you know, get more of an insight into their skiing. I think the one thing that should be noted is that the, you know, all of the countries that are, that, that, you know, are tending to ski, um, that have their demo teams and all, all this sort of stuff, they're all, um, very high level skiers. You know, you go to Interski and you watch the best skiers in the world and you see, um, you know, that it's just next level. They're, they're really strong yeah. skiers and you, you also see the standouts from each country and it's, it's quite inspiring. Um, what, what I've found is in a lot of the countries that I've worked is that that demo team is the, the height of skiing and of course within that demo team the, the team members push each other and that's really great. Um, but one thing that I've noticed that, um, about the Asian countries, more specifically you know, you know, Japan and, and South Korea, they have these technical skiing competitions. Um, and and you can see, uh, even from the outside, knowing not a whole lot about it, that this really does push and evolve their ski technique. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and and this was something that I thought was really interesting. You know, because we don't have this sort of uh, this idea of technical skiing uh, in Australia or anywhere else I've worked with. You know, you, you have racing and that sort of thing, but but not a judged event um, on is there, ski uh, technique. Is there actually any? Are there any other countries you know of that really do? And maybe just explain what these technical competitions are yeah so there are other countries you know i've done them in the states and in canada but not to the same degree you know yeah um, so i guess for most if you you know if you're listening to this and you're a ski instructor that the, the competitions are a little bit like um the free skiing parts of your instructor exams um mm-hmm. so the, the I, I just competed in the hokkaido um state championship um and and basically the tasks are long turns um short turns uh, a rhythm change on on GS skis, a rhythm change on slalom skis, uh, and bumps. You know, and you do certain mm-hmm. tasks each day, and then progress through to the semi-finals yeah. and finals. Um, you know, so the, I guess the the reason why I went in it was to learn a little bit more about their technique and and w- what it is that's that's evolving their technique. You know, and it was yeah. uh, I had no idea on the first day. You know, um, I didn't know <laughs> what what it was they were doing or, or looking for. So I went into it trying to show the best technique. Um, like you would at, a, at an instructor exam, you know. Yep. And one thing I noticed was just um, how fast everyone was going, you know. And I thought this is crazy. The, it's almost like this, um, you know. The, they're almost losing their form a little bit because they're going so fast, um, you know. And I spoke with some of the demonstrators there. There were some high-level demonstrators there. There were inter-ski team 
demonstrators uh, and then national demonstrators and then state demonstrators. And I was fortunate yep. enough to be, you know, I'm good friends with one of the Hokkaido demonstrators who talked talk, talk to me through the whole competition. And it became apparent that the most important thing um, for them is obviously good technique, but but mm-hmm. speed, um, but speed down the hill. And that's a really Sp- interesting okay. concept because the, um, you know, speed down the hill is not something that is, a, you know, you don't just achieve speed down the hill. You can always yep. take it faster in what you're doing, you know. So yep. you can never reach a certain level, and that's something that continues to evolve this, the sport here in Japan. So you know yep. where we would be trying to, you know, show really nice round turns and early edging and nice deflection, all this sort of stuff. They're all trying to do that too, but they're trying to go as faster than the next person, you know. So right. it, it do that, but a, do it faster. Yeah, exactly, and it's yeah. a constant one-upmanship on each other, you know. So you get to the point where these guys are flying down the hill, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I did a lot of training in, like we talked about, speed down the hill, and but this is, you know, just a whole other ball game, really. And wow. unfortunately, the videos that you got that you know you see on, uh, you know, on YouTube and the DVDs of the Japanese competitions, they really don't do it justice. These guys justice on how fast they're going, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking down a green or blue slope. All of these uh, tasks are done on a black slope. Um, right, you know, so that it's it's a very steep black run that these guys will tuck into for thirty or forty meters into their longs, and and almost the same for their short turns, you know. Wow. But um, but it's really interesting because it changes, it can change and warp the the sport as well, you know. So we talked before about um those three uh, objectives being speed, and then deflection, deflection, um, you know, and then rhythm, and uh, yep. unfortunately they don't go hand in hand. Like I said, if you're going if you're going very fast down the hill with a fast rhythm, uh, particularly the rhythm doesn't go hand in hand with deflection. Um, yep. You know, the further you go across the hill, uh, you know, being pushed across the hill, however you're doing it, whether you're turning the skis or the pressure's pushing you, the further you go across the hill, the slower the rhythm has to be and the slower your speed down the hill is going to be because you're traveling further. You know, so yep. w- with that in mind, you know, you look at these Japanese competitions and their ski technique is molded by this such heavy emphasis on speed. Um, so mm-hmm. you, you'll start to see in their long turns, um, you know, they don't uh, they don't really do much after the fall line. They already start absorbing or, or, or softening the leg from the from the fall line or even before, you know. And so you, you see these these turns, which I would even describe as super G turns, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I would do in the, on the first day when I didn't know what I was doing, I was doing, <laughs> you know, ten or twelve turns, GS turns on GS skis, like you would around a GS skate. And these yep. guys were going possibly two or three three times the speed that I was going, <laughs> but they were doing three turns, you know, and they were massive super G turns, you know, so I thought, yep. okay, well, that, that changes what they're trying to do, you know, that they're, they're trying to really incline through the top of the turn to get a lot of edge angle and, and have some sort of force work, uh, <clears throat> you know, push them across the hill until mm-hmm. it works against the way they're traveling, which is down the hill, and then they're softening and trying to not let the skis turn much more across. Um, which, yeah. which is interesting, and you know this is just my observation of it. Obviously, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and then the same with the short turns. You know, they they were they wanted to see a very arky, loopy, uh, round turn, and they kept using the word deep turn. Um, you know, yeah. and I think that the deflection in their mind was more a deflection of their feet across the hill, um, because if right. you watch their, their center of mass, it hardly moved across at all. There was no deflection. Um, you know, right. so the center of mass went straight with this very loopy, <clears> round, <throat> arky turn, and. And again, you know, in that situation where the center of mass is going straight, they could go so fast, you know. And mm-hmm. um, and it's funny because I did all this training in with the idea of I want to get more speed and now I felt that I'm comfortable with the speed and I want to add more deflection. So for mm-hmm. the last year or two, I've been trying to 
get my center mass to be pushed across the hill more. And then I come to this competition where they're all not doing that at all. They're going as fast <laughs> as they can, you know. Um, and again, yeah. you know, these guys are doing it, not not, not just um, competing against each other, but on the steepest groom slopes they can find. You know, yep. and I'm, uh, so th- this is kind of a really cool concept because it does uh, evolve the sport, you know. So yep. it's, um, it's quite interesting. So it's, yeah. so it's almost like it's a little bit of a different kind of culture of, of skiing compared to, you know, going to somewhere else in the States where you'd find people training gates and, and so there's obviously a different objective. They've got to go fast, but they've got to get around things. So there does need to this element of deflection. And with, with that taken out, the wind out, you know, they don't have to do that. They've kind of created their own yeah, um, it's, it's sort a, of it's take bizarre, on skiing, really. I guess. Yeah, it is. That's exactly right. It is bizarre. Um, you know, and it's, uh, I guess it m- might sound really funny as well, I guess, unless you've, unless you've seen it or you're into this sort of, you know, this idea of technical skiing because it's not timed. Um, but it's yep. very, very clear to see, you know, when you're there, who's going, how fast people are going, you know, yep. um, yep. you know, and then, and, mm. and I guess to, to, you know, the judges are all ex, uh, inter-ski or national team demonstrators. Um, they're all examiners, um, and they're all co- you know tra- uh, competition champions. So they're very established in in what they do. And uh, you know, I think anyone that's in, in skiing that has some sort of eye can see a lot. You know, you can see the the result uh, and effect of certain movements. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so th- these guys are very good at seeing. Uh, you know how, how how certain movements affect the ski, and and it's very clear to everyone there how fast people are going. You know, so I think yep. it's while it sounds like a bit of a funny. Um, competition what, what's the purpose um, you know they, these guys definitely uh, have a good eye to see who's more efficient and who's going faster you know and who's uh, you know I guess creating the most performance turns um, within the task mm. so if you're serious about stepping up your skiing skills listen up I've been working closely with the carve team for over four years and they've just unveiled a groundbreaking feature active coaching mode and here's the lowdown Launch it at the top of your run and go through a quick calibration with 10 turns and it sets a baseline just below your current skill level. From there, every turn is a challenge, adapting on the fly to your skill, terrain and conditions. No fluff, just a gamified experience pushing you to ski better every turn. It does this by using a super thin insole lined with small pressure sensors and motion detectors. It's like having a personal coach analyzing your every move. And here's the sweet part. If you hit a hot streak with excellent form and you're in for double or triple points, it's addictive, rewarding. Like I said, it's a very gamified experience and it transforms every run into a step towards better skiing. If you're intrigued, and you should be, check out Carve and dive into active coaching mode. Just Google Get Carve to find out more and as a bonus, enter code GELLY15 to take 15% off. It's amazing. I've heard from the Carve team that now nearly over a third of the users are using active coaching mode when they go out and ski with it. So why not give it a try yourself? Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. I mean, uh, just something, I, I mean, I was just recently over in Japan, uh, not on Hokkaido, but on the main island, and something that is really uh, of standout notice is just how many people are out there trying to ski technically well all these people out yeah. there on yeah. carve skis and really taking it seriously and, you know, like lapping zipper line moguls and getting spat around everywhere and some of them skiing really well. And just the number yeah. of people skiing technically well really blew me away. I couldn't believe 
that kind of culture. It was it was really cool, very inspiring. As a yeah, te- it technical is, it scheme is very myself, cool, you know the um, the Japanese are really into technique and doing things you know the right way and practicing and practicing and um, that's you know that's very different to I guess a lot of the Western ski resorts. So you'll see mm-hmm. a lot of um, you know just members of the public out doing drills and exercises and that sort of thing. You know mm-hmm. these um, these technical skiers, the, the champions. I mean they, these guys that are winning these competitions, the state champs and the national champs, you know, that are Japanese demonstrators, that they are, you know, they're like rock stars over here, you know. I mean, right. Japan has one of the biggest the biggest ski industries in the world, you know. There's yep. a period where I think um, Japan was in the top three countries in the world for ski sales, you know. I mean, the industry wow. is huge here, you know. Yeah. So, the um, you know, these guys that are showing the best ski technique in a, in a very – technically minded country they're just not ski, you know they're just gods really they you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of money in the top guys to you know and they're, they're very uh like i said like rock stars they go around to resorts and do you know um signing autographs and all this sort of stuff so it's a mm. you know, it's a very prestigious thing and um you know they're, they're superstars over here it's very cool it's a very cool culture to see yeah uh, you know that sort of technique as, as respected as it is you know, and I and, guess you know this last competition that I went to, it had a feeling a little bit like you know, I, um, I've been to World Cup races uh, around the world, you know, and um, the feeling is almost like you know a, a World Cup race. You know, mm-hmm. I remember being at the um, in Kitzbühel for the the Hanukkah downhill, and this ha- has that same sort of feeling. You know, they have um, all of the servicemen there, all of the teams there, you know, servicing skis, and they've got a whole. Uh, you know, set up at the bottom, and each night they've got a whole tuning shop set up in the gymnasium, and you know there's big crowds all there watching, and it's you know it's a big deal. It's a really cool vibe. Yeah, incredible. Um, and I just thought for listeners, you've made a really cool um, series of videos of your experience of this competition, and um, yeah, if you want to check it out, they're really good, not very long, give you a good insight. You just uh, is it on your Paul Lorenz Clinics YouTube page? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. So if you search Paul Lorenz Clinics on YouTube, um, you'll be able to find um, Paul's videos, day one, day two, day three finals of the uh, Hokkaido cha- uh, State Championships, which uh, I highly recommend checking out. It's a really, you did really well. I enjoyed those videos. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So following that competition, now I can ask you what... Have you taken away what have what are you going out working on in your in your skiing? Um, well, it's interesting, you know. I, I, one one thing that I, that's really uh, I like the idea of is the uh, I guess is the the idea of versatility. You know, I mean this this concept of uh, speed down the hill or you know as fast as you can down the hill doing everything. You know, I said that was an objective I was training for, and, and now starting to introduce more of. Uh, the deflection, um, you know, and, and even over the last year, as I was starting to be get more deflection across the hill and resist those forces a little bit more to push me across, I've tried to to get a compromise between those three objectives, and I think mm-hmm. that's something that uh, the Australian organisation, the APSI, is trying to um, to do well and and show, you know, good good speed down the hill, good performance, and and uh, you know to to build up force and push your centre of mass across the hill through a turn. Uh, in a pretty, you know, in a reasonable rhythm, you know, so I guess trying to find a compromise between all three and at the moment leading into interski, uh, you know, where, uh, that's what I want to be showing, that's what we want to be showing as a team and to be honest, that's what I, I think is good skiing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time after this competition, I'm also trying to 
um, you, you know, I guess ski a little bit more, more like the Japanese in the purpose of coming back next year and trying to improve my results. Uh, you know, yep. and I've been training a lot with the Hokkaido demonstrators here and, and, and working on, you know, and just, I guess, more discussing and finding out what it is that the, the judges are looking for there as well. So, yep. um, you know, but I, I think, the, like I said, with those three objectives in mind, again, you, you, can't, you can't achieve one of them. You can always do it more. You can always yep. get a faster rhythm. You can always get more deflection and, and you can always go faster. So, uh, you know, while uh, the last, I'd say, three or four years for me has been training in these areas, um, you know, to come over to a competition that I guess has the similar sort of objective is, is quite inspiring for me and, and gives me another focus uh, in my skiing. So, yeah, I think excellent. one thing that I'd, I'd really notice, I guess, is a, a, from a technical point of view, um, if you had to look at a movement or, or, or something within the skiing, is just the, the height that these guys stay. They're quite low. Um, you know, mm-hmm. their center of mass is quite low. Um, they spend a lot of the transition is very compact, you know, and um, and it's quite interesting, you know. That's something that I, I think I I, I I ski quite low, but I'm it feels like I'm very tall compared to a lot of these guys, you know. So I think yep. that's something I've noticed. Um, even through the, the three it? days of the competition, yeah, the, at the competition, the, I started to notice just getting a little bit more compact um, through the transition. And I think that I guess the the purpose of that is being, you, you know, that your, your hips and center of mass staying at one height. Uh, you know, and allowing the legs to extend further out to the side to create a higher edge angle and have more pressure pushing against the base of the ski. Um, you know, and then mm-hmm. not not rising up and and coming up too much between turns, so that you can then move to the inside of the next turn more quickly, or have the legs move further away from you, depending on what style of turn you're doing. You know, yep. and that's something yep. that's um that we firmly believe with in the APSI. So it's not a it's not a new movement, but. I guess taking it to that next step of being, you know, really low in the yep. transition, like some of these guys yep. are, you know, yep. almost like a, um, you know, this is a bit extreme, but you know, almost like a bump turn, uh, yep. a mo- you know, absorbed mogul between the turns, um, yeah, you know. So I guess that's something that has been changing a little bit in my skiing. Yeah. Yep. yep. Do you? Do, how about in the moguls? Do you notice? Have you changed anything from watching their mogul skiing or c- competing in a mogul competition? Um, yeah. Well. That's a that's a funny one because of of all the tasks I mentioned, the 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 mogul skiing is one that you know mogul skiing is mogul skiing. There's not a whole uh, there's not a whole lot of difference there between you know how we do it and how they do it. And you know you yep. ski the the bumps, the round of the bumps, the round of your ski, the the straight of the bumps, the straight of your ski. Uh, again, yep. their their major priority is speed, and I was blown okay. away at how fast these guys were going in. You know, and these <laughs> guys aren't these guys aren't skiing a World Cup style turn. Um, you know, it's they are as round as possible, you know. Um, yeah. And I know that that's the focus in World Cup moguls. You know, I know that they're talking about a lot of edging movements, um, you know, but but the, these guys are skiing more, uh, you know, I guess a, a technical um, uh, short turn like you would see an instructor-style short turn or a racy-style mm-hmm. short turn and trying to get more of this sort of performance in the moguls, which is quite cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and still doing it on – they're all doing it on a 165 – uh, you know, some of them World Cup slalom skis with race boots. You know, so it's not a, it's not the same setup as a World Cup mogul skier, um, yep. which is quite interesting. So, and like I said, the speed they mm. go into it is is pr- pretty impressive. You know, yeah. So I, you, cool. You'd be interested to see on one of the videos. There's a I um I uh, got a little bit back and lost both skis on one of the runs in the moguls, which is a nice little blowout in the middle of the run. It was a pretty <laughs> long run though. They go about a hundred bumps in one run. You know. So that was God. a nice rest to have halfway down. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can imagine. 
Um, cool. So I guess sort of to start wrapping things up, um, I was going to say if you were to give some like a couple of pieces of, of advice for that, you know, that person, that technical skier, whether they're an instructor or just someone that's really into skiing, to maybe perhaps go out and help push their skiing to the next level. Like whether it's concept drill, some of the things you've mentioned already, what would you kind of reiterate or what would what would you say would be some good advice you wish you'd maybe had earlier on to help your skiing progress? Yeah, I think um I think identifying the the couple of people uh you know in the world that you like the skiing, uh like the way they ski. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so that might be you know watching some of the top races or watching the top tem- technical skiers or the mo whatever you know if, if there are videos up on youtube and and identify the ones that you think um you know ski well uh, but more than that that you need to determine what it is about their skiing that you really like you know and it'll come down to you know at the end of the day those three objectives that i talked about but what is it that they do in those in, in the way they ski that that gives you maybe it's a aesthetic sort of look that you like mm-hmm. or you know one of those objectives they're doing better than than other people but but identify what it is and watch a lot of video and take a lot of video of your own skiing you know i think it's interesting yep. um because i think the some of the best skiers out there uh generally uh, are people that are uh, able to mimic movements you know and then uh, yep. so what i mean is they're able to go and watch something or see something or hear about something and they can go on and, and kind of do that movement as close to that uh, that you know that uh, demonstration as as possible. So you pick the skiers that you want um, to look like or ski like, and and work on how you can become to, you know start looking like that skier and take a lot of video to to check this. Um, you know, yep. and then once you're at a at a level where you feel comfortable with the way you're skiing and you're able to make adjustments easily, um, you know, then you can start to push and work towards changing you know improving or or pushing the limits on those objectives I mentioned before. You know, so that's a, that's a big part. You know, mm-hmm. there's been lots of people that I've looked up to in, in skiing, you know, um, that, that, you know, that I'm trying to look like, or I like elements of their skiing and I've tried to put into my skiing. So, um, that's helped me out a lot. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, a lot of the guys that are doing instructor levels and, and training and particularly people that are training around the world in different organizations, um, you know, there's, there can be a lot of confusing things said by, by trainers, top level trainers, um, you know, demo team members, um, you know, communication is a funny thing because the, the the trainer might be saying exactly what you need to hear, but you're not receiving it the right way, so it means nothing. You know, so I mm-hmm. think um, I think having uh, when when given feedback or taking feedback, it's really important that that feedback makes sense to you and is justified. You know, so you might have the best coach in the world, and if you don't understand what he's saying it's, or don't believe in what he's saying, it's a bit of a waste of time. Mm-hmm. You know, so <clears throat> it has to make sense in your head why you're doing what this person is telling you to do. Or why you're trying to work on the feedback they've given, um, and you know, with, without being rude, ask them why. You know, if it doesn't make sense in yep. your head, or it doesn't work towards one of those goals you've set, or it doesn't work towards that person that you want to look like, then maybe, you know, move on to, to you know, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. You know, and uh, yep. to, you know, try to get as much feedback as you can from from different pe- people, and take the feedback that means and works for you. You know, means something and works for you. Yep. Very good advice. Yep. Very good advice. Well, I really appreciate the time you've uh, given us here chatting about skiing, Paulie. And um, I thought, uh, if people don't know, you've actually got your own business um, as well as running the NBS Ski School. 
you've um, got some clinics you run, uh, short-term clinics. Um, yeah, so have you have you yes. got any coming up, or can people find out more about yeah, that? Yeah, so I have a website which is uh, it's called paullorenzclinics.com, um, and all the information uh, about upcoming courses is, is on that website. So we have uh, have different courses that we have a short-term clinic which has been pretty popular. Um, you know, and I'm looking at a you know a long-term and bumps clinic, but um, the release and launch of all these clinics will go up on that website. So keep an eye out on it. And there's also a Paul Lorenz Clinics Facebook page, um, which will keep yep. people updated with new courses and events. So check it out. And you tend you tend to post a lot of videos of training you've done and things you do on that Facebook page too. So that's probably the best way for people to keep updated, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Perfect, Paul. Again, thanks very much for your time. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, look forward to getting back to Australia and doing some more training and more skiing with you. Yeah, it's going to be good. Thanks for having me. It was great to chat and uh, hope to do it again soon. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, Paul.